Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. So you may hear uh, the sound of my puffy marshmallow jacket, which is kind of embarrassing to wear if you're in Los Angeles because it's like 60 and we all come out with uh, scarves and beanies and these uh, puffy ski jackets. I'm also wearing shorts. Anyway, hey, before we talk about the three things that you should do, or more accurately, three ways to treat yourself better after a toxic relationship, I just wanted to mention to you our new podcast, Single on Purpose, and I say our because uh, it's a collective, and what's awesome about this podcast is every week you have a different host slash expert, so you get the... um, full box of wellness crayons not just the primary colors and uh i i just i've been having so much fun putting this together and i really hope you enjoy it so check it out single on purpose Uh, i'm sure there's a lot of podcasts with that title this is the one that is based off uh my book and it has a giant pair of headphones so uh it's wide so check that out and you don't have to be single to listen to this you can be in a relationship it's all about connecting to yourself Okay, the first thing that I think you can do to treat yourself better after a toxic relationship is start making decisions by asking yourself, how can I treat my nervous system better? And I say this because I think many of us don't drop into our bodies and think about how our previous relationships impacted our bodies and how you know the trauma is stored in our bodies we we just think logically right so we think here's what i know i need to do i need to you know i don't know get back into the gym i need to make more friends we have a lot a lot of logical to do's but we ignore our body and i think if you've come out of something that has been toxic chaotic traumatic um there's 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 a lot of healing that needs to be done to convince your body that you are safe. And no one's going to give you that except yourself. And I think this is where a lot of people make the mistake and they jump into another relationship and uh, there's chemicals firing in their brain and their <laughs> lenses are distorted. And of course, if that relationship goes south, uh, now there's you know more layers to the uh i don't know if the word is trauma depending on the relationship but there's just more layers to getting to the core to homeostasis to making your body feel uh, your body feel safe also many of us and by many i mean most i know this because i worked in nonprofit, and every kid that i treated pretty much um grew up in an unhealthy space you know um and then i also thought about my story and i and i thought you know i just because i was never uh beaten or molested doesn't mean that my space was 
was safe for me. Uh, my parents were always working, and I grew up in the '80s, raised by uh, the neighborhood kids and pop culture, and you know, I uh, I was uh, part of the generation that came home when the streetlights uh, came off, turned on. I mean, and then um, I would sneak out of my bedroom and stay out later. Uh, I don't think I, I should be alive. I mean, I was like ten and roaming the streets at like midnight. Um, and yeah, it wasn't safe. And so my parents were always gone. And so one can argue there wasn't any trauma in life, but I think just growing up in a space that wasn't safe, um, it literally wasn't safe, but also uh, I didn't have that emotional milk from my parents, you know? And so uh, I was just always out. And I, I wonder how much that impacted me. And I wonder um, how that's impacted my, my nervous system. So anyway, making decisions based on your nervous system, asking yourself, is this good for my nervous system? Whether we're talking about an experience, you know, if you're going to travel or we're talking about a workout or we're talking about a friendship or we're talking about, you know, obviously intimate relationships. Is it good for your nervous system? That would be number one. So going in through that door instead of just like logically, I need to, you know, do X, Y and Z. Number two, I would say, ask yourself if whatever space that you're in is it encouraging you to expand or constrict. Most of my life living in a panic state, sky is falling, how am I going to make money, you know, um, just a lot of chasing and panicked and, you know, pressing pause on life, um, that led to me being in a constrictive, constricting space, right? And you could look at all the parts of your life, friendships, uh, with family, if you're dating someone, uh, your relationship with yourself, the things that you do, your gym, your weekends, just all the, all the, the spaces that you enter throughout the day. Um, which spaces constrict you and why? And which spaces expand you? And how does that feel? So for me, uh, riding a motorcycle a few times a week or daily expands me. It connects me to me. It allows me to hit flow states. It reminds me of my uh, spinning on my head days in the 80s. <laughs> and that's an expansive experience, right? Uh, me being creative. So creating a space where I can write or make videos or do anything creative that expands me. Even um, therapy sessions, working in a way uh, that I feel like I'm playing in a sandbox and I'm being kind of a mad scientist, uh, running workshops, all that stuff. Living life through that lens and giving myself permission to create is one of the things that expands me the most. So the opposite of that, um, punching a clock, uh, working for, because I've done this before, working for treatment centers or facilities where um, I had to tuck in my shirt and use the generic interventions in the filing cabinet, all of that constricted me. And that's why I bounced. <laughs> that's why I hopped the fence. And so that's really important to me, and that has to be threaded into my life. Also, movement expands me, um, pushing myself 
as hard as I can in a workout. Obviously not hurting myself, but, you know, um, and you have to decide where, where, what, what that looks like for you, right? Uh, maybe for you, it's the complete opposite. Maybe for you, it's uh, going on a hike or doing yoga or doing something that's more, um, that's less aggro. <laughs> that's less uh, a muzzled greyhound racing around the track. Um, anything that has to do with flow states, whether we're talking about movement or creativity, expands me. Also, trying uh, different foods, you know, uh, different restaurants. Um, for many people, travel expands them. My partner, Vanessa, that's like the top of her list. And um, it's not so much for me. So that wouldn't be my truth. But whatever expands you. What about a meaningful conversation with a friend? You ever walk away from coffee or um, I guess these days a, a Zoom call or FaceTime and you just feel different you feel connected you feel like you've had some revelations you feel less alone right all of those are uh, expansive and when you're expanding you're living on a higher frequency when you're constricting that pushes you down into a lower frequency and i believe that when we make an effort to live on a higher frequency uh, we're living closer to our potential but we're also putting out energy that i think lines up stars i think we are constantly um, attracting opportunities and the people that are supposed to come into our lives and we are um, living on a plane where more things line up where uh, things kind of happen seamlessly or they uh, uh, you know for me a lot of the the things that have happened in my life that um, I look back on and really have changed my life have, have been organic and seamless and um i'm not saying that it doesn't require hard work right but uh almost like a uh universal or from the universe unfolding right bigger than me and i i always feel like that's how i know that that's a good move or a good project or a good relationship is uh there's an effortlessness to it although of course everything takes effort right doesn't matter what you're building whether it's a relationship or uh, your empire everything requires effort so make sure that you are putting yourself in spaces that are expanding you instead of constricting you even if it's like a group of friends that you do brunch with and all they do is talk shit about other people you know that's not expanding you and you could definitely be the one that changes the temperature of the room before you before you decide that you don't want to hang out with these people anymore and i do encourage that the third thing is addressing being mindful of listening to that 12 year old that 10 year old think about the time in your life you felt the most alive think about the time in your life where you felt the most heard um or or maybe it's the other way maybe think about the time in your life in your childhood where you felt the most unsafe and you felt like you didn't give yourself a voice or maybe it's a time in your life where you had to grow up fast right so you you put that part of you into a hope chest and you know by 13 you were taking care of your siblings or um i know for me uh my brother he's two years older than me by the time he was like 14 he was reading all the mail and um you know because my parents didn't speak english well they couldn't read so he did a lot of adult stuff um 
and I get it. We had to survive, you know. My it wasn't my my parents weren't intentionally trying to strip him of his childhood, but um, they kind of did. You know, he was um, forced to pull cable and go to work with my dad, do a lot of manual labor. At a very young age, he was forced into being responsible. And I uh, got lucky because I climbed out the window and went skateboarding. You know, <laughs> they, they only needed one child um, to be the umbrella. And of course, that's the, at least in, in the Korean culture, that's always the eldest child. And then the, young, the youngest gets to go out and play. Um, but I know that did something to him. I know that uh, that fucked him up in a way, you know. I know that that disconnected him to himself, you know, parts of himself. And so if you're coming out of a, a, a toxic relationship, um, addressing that part of yourself that maybe has been ignored, right? It, it's almost like you're reparenting a part of you that you haven't given much voice to. And so what does that look like? Well, ask yourself, and when I, when I see yourself, I'm talking about that, that 12-year-old, but imagine that, um, that younger version of you that uh, either had to grow up faster that you ignored. Ask her what she needs. And maybe she doesn't need to go to the gym. Maybe she needs a donut, right? And so give that person what she needs. Make her feel safe. Make her feel heard. Give that part of you attention. And what happens is as you do that, you start to establish a better relationship with yourself. You start to practice compassion, empathy, connection. And you make up for a, a lot of, and for many, it's an entire childhood. You make up for a lot of time that uh, you were split because you had to survive. That you, a lot of time that you ignored those parts of you. So this idea of having a better relationship with yourself and becoming more whole, you know, your evolution, I think requires this. I think it requires you connecting with parts of you that you have disconnected with. And I talk about this all the time. I talk about this when I'm teaching. I talk about this with my clients. And so ask yourself what that looks like. What does it look like for you in action to give yourself, give that 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old what she needs so it means dropping into your body it means listening to that person it means um making that person feel safe and it means giving that person what, what they're asking for if you do these three things putting your nervous system at the top of the list as far as how to design your day and what kind of environments you create for yourself the decisions you make um, make sure you're expanding instead of constricting. So putting yourself in spaces that encourage that. And then finally, uh, tapping into that, uh, I mean, I guess they call it the inner child, but that part of you, um, when you were younger that had to grow fast or wasn't given much, you know, something was taken from that kid, her voice, her, um, whatever, her safety, Maybe like her parents, I don't know, right? And because of that, um, that person was locked into a hope chest. So pulling that person out and connecting to that person, what does that look like? If you focus on these three things and you focus on them daily, not just something you do over the weekend, but kind of thread it into your life, 
this is what healing can look like, right? This is what I think is prescribed after coming out of anything that was unhealthy and toxic. Hey, if you have a passion for helping others and you want to create a more meaningful career or add to your current skill set, it's time to become a life coach with Lumia. When I became a life coach many years ago, there wasn't anything like this. So I developed this program alongside with Noel Cordeaux, Lumia Coach Training. And it's amazing. It's 100% live and online, meaningful, evidence-based education, real people, real community, ICF accredited to with 20 diverse instructors in a thriving alumni community. Go to theangrytherapist.com and click on Become a Coach and explore Lumia Coach Training. I'll see you in class.